we all spend our whole life like in the external out in the world looking for the solutions that we need for the problems that we think we've got and when we actually stop and go inwards we quite often find that the answer we were looking for was in there the entire time hello and welcome to the no room for doubt podcast i'm your host kyra matthews Hello everyone, thank you so much for tuning in again today. I have just an epic episode for you. I mean, everything we do on this podcast is kind of epic, but today is just a new level of epic. So I've got a delicious guest on for you today. She's the first guest of my third season. I haven't had a guest on for a while. And this episode, it really just brings it. It was such a fun episode to record and you are going to just I just hope you have your notepads because you're not going to be ready for the speed of golden nuggets and bombs that get dropped on this episode so just to briefly clue you in I know you don't need me to tell you how crazy 2020 has been we're all living in it I it almost feels like we're in someone's water bottle and they just keep on shaking the water bottle and watching us spin around and around and around and we've had to let go of what we used to call safety we've had to let go of what used to bring us certainty and resolve and we've really had to find that safety, certainty, resolve, calmness inside ourselves. Instead of going in with the bottle analogy, instead of trying to find the sides and wallowing and being sad that you can't find the sides, I almost feel like we're now in that bottle being shaken up. And those of us who are able to get through this moment and come out stronger, we've stopped looking for the sides. We've stopped waiting for it to be over. And we're turning our intentions and our focuses internally. What are our thoughts about ourselves? What are our beliefs about ourselves? What do we believe about what life should look like? Or what our success should look like? Or maybe the speed that our success should arrive? We've had to find some sort of certainty outside of these very traditional ways of thinking and ways of doing for many of us we're looking at our life in a different lens than we've ever had before especially if you're an entrepreneur an independent business owner listening to this maybe you're now thinking that your business is more important than ever your mission whether you're selling dresses or whether you're selling knitted scarves there has really been this reckoning to stand up for what we believe in And this understanding that when we stand up and when we have the courage to do that, we positively impact, shape and shift ourselves, our families, but also the wider community and the world at large. I was saying this recently on my Instagram that every single time someone shops at an independent business or every single time someone decides to move away from the full-time job sort of script or scenario and decides to bet on themselves we change what is possible for humans for women for non-binary people for disabled people we change what's possible for everyone everywhere the ripple effect is huge and that's what our creativity has the power to do one of the tools that i've used to facilitate this going inward this finding this inner strength this unshakable confidence that lives like a well inside me but also within all of us is tarot i bought my own deck almost exactly a year ago i was drawn to it and tarot has been a place of intrigue and inquiry for me for some many months now I still remember my first tarot reading, how it almost felt like I broke in two. But after I had that reading, it led me to such a sense of self-belief that I had never had before. And with it being so important in my journey, I felt it was only the right thing to bring on a guest today who is really well versed in the medium of tarot. 
And she has so many amazing, incredible things to share. So today I'm talking to Hannah Joy Graves, who's the founder of Cult Mother. And I'm just going to read you a bit of her bio from her website because it really nicely frames where we're going to go in this episode. So Hannah moved to Berlin in 2012 with 300 euros to her name and one suitcase of inappropriate clothing. Today, she leans into 20 years of experience in business development and marketing and creative strategy to pursue her primary purpose, empowering others to own and live their truth. She reads and teaches tarot as cult mother, bringing insight and clarity to people across the globe. So it was honestly my pleasure to have this conversation with Hannah. If you follow her on Instagram, which you definitely should do after this episode, I had so much fun recording this episode. We also did a reading together, which I will add a little snippet because that was also really fun too. (laughs) So without further ado, I would like to welcome you to the magic and the tornado (laughs) that is hannah joy graves hannah we've just spent an hour talking and i feel like i know you very well (laughs) good (laughs) everyone listening could you introduce who you are what you do the magic that you bring to this world Well, I'm Hannah Joy Graves, a.k.a. Cult Mother, and I flip tarot and drop truth bombs. (laughs) So, yeah, I I read I read tarot cards. I also teach teach classes. I love how succinct that is, although it is so much more than that. Your mission. I actually across you on Instagram through one of your I think you did an Instagram live or something and you were talking Mm. about how tarot really found you like it found you and stalked you and followed you. Yeah. I'll try and summarize that insane story because I get asked all the time. People are kind of like, oh my God, how did you get into Tara? And I'm like, you honestly would not believe me if I told you. So on my website, there is a link to like a long form article that I wrote. But basically beginning of 2017, not a good time for me personally, dealing with a lot of upset in my life. I'd basically driven my life into a wall. And so I was down by the canal here where I live one morning and with it being sort of uh, January, someone had tied like an old Christmas tree to the side of the canal and covered it in luggage. Berlin. Everything is an art installation in Berlin. So they'd covered it in old luggage tags and attached it to a telephone. And the telephone said, call the universe. And the luggage tags had all different things written on them, like, you know, go to the gym or, you know, um, and I, I knew I needed to get sober. Like I needed to stop drinking. I was a hot mess. And I turned one of these luggage tags over and it said, get sober. And I was like, Ah, oh, that's just creepy. And my dog <laughs> at the time was like snuffling around in the dirt and found a tarot card. It was the Hierophant. And I Googled like the meaning of this card, like where we fit into groups and whether or not it supports us or whether or not it's actually kind of oppressive and difficult. And it really just like resonated with the energy I was in. I got something from it, but I didn't really think anything more of it. A couple of weeks later, I'm really trying to stay sober. I'm not having a good time. I like come out of my house and I'm wandering around my neighborhood like a crazy person. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. And I turn a, I turn a corner and there was like a paste up. Like someone's done this huge paste up, like bit of street art of the page of swords. And I'm like, I think that's one of those tarot card things. Like, okay. And I Googled the meaning of this card and it was like, yo, yeah, it's hard, right? Facing adversity, it's difficult. But if you can persist and overcome, like it can and will get better. And I was like, okay. And it just, it was like, it was like putting an ice pack on a burn. So I took my ass back in my house and I stayed sober another day. And then after a year, I was in a secondhand bookshop and someone had pulled a book out from the, I shit you not, from the shelf. And there was a tarot card stuck on the front of the book. And it was the Four of Wands. And the Four of Wands is an anniversaries card. It's birthdays, celebrations. It marks the end of one phase and the beginning of another. And I was coming up on a year sober. And so for me, that year from January to December in that first year, you know, I started not knowing anything about tarot. I kind of had my past, present, future spread, you know? Like the Hierophant and the groups I belong to and where I fit in, not aligning with my self, facing adversity, persevering, and then getting to a point where I'd closed that chapter of my life and was prepared to move forward into something different. So that is 
that's the summarized version <laughs> yeah I love that so much and I feel like for people who have never used tarot or don't know much about it or their only understanding of tarot is through movies or tv shows I feel like there's almost so much missing mm. from what you can get from this practice like having totally. a tarot practice like having tarot reading we were talking before this recording about adversity struggles suffering and it's almost when we watch these great movies or hear these great stories like I always love to talk about the pursuit of happiness how Will Smith mm. like starts so down on his luck and you think oh my god just give up like this is painful <laughs> to watch and you wonder like how do people have the strength to overcome these huge questions of their life yeah. like for me finding that strength inside is like how I've been able to move forward and tarot has been such a tool to facilitate that like holding on staying true facilitate is such a great word I that's what I when people are like you know what do you do I'm like I read tarot but I'm a facilitator I want to facilitate yeah. your experience with your cards I think that it's really important to always look at the power dynamic in tarot you know like I'm not here to have the power as the person reading tarot and tell you what you should and should not do with your life you know like I, I try to make space and room for everyone's practice and how like different that can be we don't have like a point of origin for tarot so we don't have an authority there's no one can tell you that you it's the way that you read or work is right or wrong and that's what I, attracts me to it and I love about it but I think that there's also responsibility with people who read for others to remember that it isn't necessarily their role or their place to say well you know Know, this card is saying that you should do this or, or you should do that um it's really you know allowing someone to connect and experience that card allowing it to kind of resonate and land with them and then really you know it's a word that gets thrown around so much at the moment but empowering them in their self-awareness in their understanding to kind of move forward with confidence and and with clarity I'm never ever going to flip a card and be like I see this in your in your future I tell everyone you are you are the master of your own destiny totally. take this information and integrate it and use it as you will you know or, or don't <laughs> so this podcast is a lot of the listeners are small independent business owners they're people yes yes like freelancers building things for themselves what do you think tarot has to offer independent business owners especially in now we're recording this in November the second mm, lockdown mm. there's a sense of having hope but then having that hope taken away what yeah. do you think tarot has to offer creatives in this moment I think one of the things that we all struggle with is just having that opportunity to properly kind of relax ground and clear and I always see like tarot as a self-care practice but I'm very much into like no bullshit self-care for me like running a bath chucking a bath bomb in there and then wallowing around in it it might make me feel okay for a hot minute but it's not really gonna tick the box in terms of like radical kind of self-care so I think for me, like if you have a tarot reading, you've automatically carved out space for you. You're going to take that time for you and you're going to be given the opportunity to check in with where you are at and see where your curiosity really authentically is, what question it is that you really need answering. You're going to have the opportunity to kind of then really reflect on where you're at and get clear about that. So I think even the act of being like, yeah, this is something I'm going to do and I'm going to do it for myself because I want to seek answers I want to have the opportunity to look we all spend our whole life like in the external out in the world yeah. looking for the solutions that we need for the problems that we think we've got and when we actually stop and go inwards we quite often find that the answer we were looking for was in there the entire time and so I think for anyone that's trying to run their business through what is a crazy and difficult time when your head's spinning and you've got a hundred different ideas coming up and you're not quite sure where your focus should be just taking a minute to kind of ground into that and go where should my focus be yeah. <laughs> and you know and see what the cards come up with the cards are going to show you images and colors and energies for me it's like uh, when you imagine a pinball machine and the way that the pinball like pings and lights up different areas I think that's what a tarot reading does it sort of sends that ball pinging around in you internally and we get ding 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 and it's going to light up some part of you that maybe you didn't really see or you weren't properly in contact with and hopefully that's gonna that's gonna help you totally I love that and 
I loved how you said like we live most of our life externally and especially when like we're building a business if we're a small mm. business, we're like looking at Instagram likes and we're looking at like how much money do I have compared to that person and oh look that person just sold out their launch and I didn't and it's almost like looking we're looking for the Instagram strategy we're looking for the magic yeah. thing that we can just place on everything and feel better like going inside connecting I call it like connecting with the source connecting with the universe like Mm -hmm. that energetic field that unites us all that is always love that is always about the truth of who you are and your authenticity like going to that place that well of abundance is almost like the last thing we ever want to do totally I but I love that it's like I get to unpack some of what is on top of my intuition when I do a taro spread it's like oh I get that yeah okay I see that that was in there kicking around or that was there getting a bit dusty or that was like you know I think that people are really waking up to this idea that if you want to run a business authentically like in line with who you are and if you want a strong brand right that's something that you need to know how to do you have to be doing like maintenance work (laughs) on that authentic self and making sure it's in like good shape in order for you to take the best version of who you are and like blend that with all of everything you're trying to create and everything that you're trying to do and so when I talk about this kind of like radical self-care like radical self-care is sometimes looking at and acknowledging things that don't feel good yeah you know it's like I don't I hate yoga like I literally like I I suffer for like an hour every time I hit the mat and I cannot wait for it to be over but I do it because I need to move my body and when I don't I feel it get stagnant and I feel like blocked and stuck so I'm like I have to do yoga now and for me it's kind of this idea of like with Tara sometimes it's like okay it's time for me to actually like look at where I'm at and get honest about that and face that and like you said with like with people getting emotional when we were talking before about people who cry in a reading how cathartic is a good cry oh the best the best right I love crying when we're just like (laughs) randomly crying in the bath which I do a lot of by the way it's big big part of my practice it can be we're kind of like it leads into this kind of like sadness that doesn't necessarily take us anywhere whereas for me when I read tarot and people connect with something inside them and they cry and they it's taken them somewhere they've released it they're integrating it they're working with it it's such a like amazingly cathartic way of like I said just like unpacking stuff so I can get really clear again about who I am and what it is I'm trying to do my mind is just like going crazy because every sentence you say I'm like oh and oh this this (laughs) (laughs) like let's get into it like we're talking about like being an authentic business owner like Mm. doing that maintenance what do you think it looks like to be in that authenticity as an independent business there's loads of definitions about what success should look like and Hannah Mm. and I we just had a reading before and a lot of what came up for me was that what success, what people told me success was, I now no longer want that, or I'm now no longer using that as my definition. But I love how you talk about radical self-care and that authentic self and being that Mm. as a business owner and using that intuition to guide your business rather than these external metrics. Are Mm. you able to sort of expand on or define what you think that looks like for you see the the interesting thing is when you say kind of like what you think that looks like because for me where we start with that is what that feels like right because we're always in the like we're always in this idea of like what again the external like what does it look like what am I putting out or projecting and how is that going to be perceived and how can I tune and maintain that whereas when we talk about being intuitive and running my business intuitively I I'm going to need to tune into what it's not what it looks like it's what it feels like I do it when I'm like even just designing like little graphics or images to go on my Instagram And I'll be like, oh, I'm going to use this picture. This is lols. Like this is, people are going to love this. It's going to be really, really cool. And then you always do something. And then you have this moment where you second guess it. And you start thinking about how is someone else going to perceive that? Or what does it look like to them? Or, and the trick for me then has been to sit there and kind of go have a moment and go, do you love it? And me go, yeah, I love it. And then I know that like, I'm, it it feels like I'm in my authenticity. I'm in my vibe. It's my, I like, we've all got a personal brand, right? Everyone is a personal brand, whether they're a small business or not. You have, you have a way that you kind of put yourself out there. And for me, everything that I put out there is in line with my personal brand, because when I did it, it felt right to me. Yeah. It felt good to do it. It's this idea of in Taro, we talk about, you know, these four suits, 
and these four different energies and my wands energy, this connection, this creativity, this kind of connection to spirit, the universe, God, my higher power, like whatever you want to call it, that's navigating other than like my mind and its perception and the limits of that. It's really like, do I feel lit up and excited about this? And if I do, do I have the courage to go with that because I feel like it is the real me and the real essence of who I am, even if no one loves it, no one likes it, no one buys it, you know, I think, but I think that's how we ultimately get to success. Yes. You know, is that, well, I did it and I'm proud of it. <laughs> so like, <laughs> uh, I'm reading this book at the moment, The Courage to be Disliked. Have you ever Amazing. read it? No, I haven't. I've seen it recently though. Oh my gosh. It, it almost like underpins like everything that you just said, but like, how does it feel? Like, do you have the courage to stand up for what you believe in regardless mm. of what it might look like? That book is incredible because it's the second time I'm reading it. I still feel like I'm being called out every single page. I'm like, you are so damn rude. Yeah. But it's like, I almost feel like for my personal self-care is about when I get trapped up in how things look. Yeah. It's always about coming back to like, but how does this feel? It's so difficult though, because like it gets murky in there sometimes. Best example I've got of that is pricing, mm. right? So someone who has perennially suffered with a lack mindset that is like grew up working poor. This is why I coach punk kids. I call myself a business punk because when you grow up in subcultures that don't value, you know, like traditional success markers yeah. or like it's not cool to to go for for the for the goal or to yeah. get the money I was kind of like I think we all really need some help over there it was this idea for me of like I I try to go with what intuitively feels right and then when I was pricing things I'd be like I'd put a price on something and be like I think that's it and then you get some like negativity come up some sort of like resistance and it's very easy to mislabel that and go oh actually that doesn't feel right I guess I'm gonna have to put that down again yeah. but you have to keep digging you have to like sit with it long enough that you're like okay that was just that initial learned response but actually if you dig a dip a bit deeper there's something else in there that's like no I know I'm worth that I know that that is worth that I know that that's the correct price would you just do it and like every time I've had like you said the courage and I've pushed through it and been like actually on this one it might not feel right but I can't trust that and I know I can't because it's still not that vibration it's not quite there it's not the real good vibe it's something else it's some other tone of voice and I I'm like no we're doing it this way fuck it (laughs) it actually works and it actually kind of it kind of pays off so I love that I guess it's kind of like for me I always call it like think of it like it's processing these emotions like Mm. if you have a negative emotion come up or even something like boredom or apathy or irritation, I really want to understand like what that mess, that emotion has for me. Like what Amazing, yeah. is it here to deliver? When it comes to things like pricing or in my business and I set a price and I'm like, that's terror. I feel like pricing just brings up so much terror. I almost feel like as business owners, it's our responsibility to understand where has this terror stemmed from? Yeah. Who has taught me that numbers on a screen relates to who I am, my worth, my being and that is causing me terror like where does that come from yeah but to kind of go back to the beginning again for any independent businesses listening Mm. we're like okay I think I need a bit of like what Hannah's talking about I need a bit (laughs) of this self-care checking in with myself how does things feel how does one get started with tuning into their emotions this spiritual practice with tarot Oh, I mean, that's such a such a good question. And I, I think for me, for anyone that's got any kind of interest in tarot, whether or not it's just been on your radar, maybe you had a reading from a friend once, maybe, you know, like you have seen it on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> it really is like tarot's having a real moment. There's a real emerging kind of movement in these kind of alternative practices or the intuitive arts or whatever we want to call it. I'd say that for anybody that's even vaguely interested, it's very, very easy to get overwhelmed with the amount of information that you can find. So if you go on Google and you start Googling tarot or you get some cards and you start Googling card meanings or you get one of these big like encyclopedia volume guidebooks, it can feel like really overwhelming. It's the sort of thing where you're like, I've got these 78 cards here now. I know that this could be useful to me, but I don't know how to access 
the medicine that is in there. I don't know how to like to unpack what I need or, or how or let it unpack me. And so like I teach classes, but the classes that I teach are really based on this idea. Like I said, that Taro doesn't have an origin point. There is no authority. So no one can ever tell you that the way that you read or your interpretation of a card is wrong. What we want to do is use this idea of intuition being that vibe or that feeling that we get where we go, I know I'm right. I know what that means I because I feel it. And so my advice would be get a deck of cards. Mm. People say that you should wait to have cards gifted to you. I think that's nonsense. Gift it to yourself. I did. Yeah. Even shuffling a deck is an amazing way to ground into the present. The physical act of shuffling your cards and having a little pause and a little think as you shuffle. And then even if you pull one card and just look at it, look at the color, look at the symbols, look at the energy. And, and if you go, hmm, what, what do I see on there? What's the vibe that I get from that? Before you go to Google or your book and look up the classical meaning, because that's the paradox of learning tarot. You have to learn and you study and it is an important element, you know, of what we do with tarot. But more than that, you have to open yourself up to what you don't know. Tarot is a practice of not knowing. <laughs> Every day I sit down with tarot, it's to remind myself that I don't know. <laughs> so the more curious and the more you open you are as a beginner, the better and more intuitive your reading will be. No one is ever going to be a tarot expert. It's not possible. I think for me, I really, I bought a deck, like I was drawn to buy a deck and I bought mm -hmm. it and I loved it. And I still remember how good that felt when I bought it. It was like drinking nectar of like the sweetest honey or something. Started using it, loved it. But there became this kind of need for me to know what everything meant and how it related. So mm. I would always pull a card, go on Google and I'd have to know everything. It's almost like when you start seeing like angel numbers all the time, you're like, oh, like mm -hmm. this means something. I need to know what it is. And for me, it kind of came from that, I guess, as humans in general, this feeling that you need to be certain about everything, that you kind of know what's going to happen in the future. You know how everything's going to go. And tarot has been like that practicing of like letting go letting go of like relying on my senses relying on my past to inform my future and really opening up to this place of creation letting in I guess the light of the universe and like what my subconscious mind needs me to learn or know or receive in any moment yeah I mean it's it's magic it is magic it's alchemy it's like the base level of 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 what I do I think is this idea of tarot as a tool mm -hmm. that it's a tool that we've got these 78 cards that we we work with <laughs> you know it's um, well, someone that I absolutely adore um, as a practitioner is Jessica Dore and Jessica Dore is a trained social worker and also an incredible tarot practitioner. Um, and they are very active on social media and, and give card meanings. And um, they always seem to kind of tap into something that I'm feeling or experiencing because they are an incredible writer as well. Um, but I really just love when I did a class with Jessica, this idea that tarot practitioners are craftspeople that there isn't a protocol to how it is that we shuffle or we spread or, you know, there's, there's not a, this idea that again, there aren't any rules or restrictions and that it's a craft that is practiced and your deck is the tool that you use. Um, and that it's this idea of the constant exploration, like we said, of, of not knowing. We all want to know. We all want awareness. We all want to be confronted with the reality that is solid and stable and dependable. And Taro is going to throw you out of that in the best possible way and move you into the realm of unknown. And sometimes, right, when we face the unknown, we're petrified. We yeah. don't do facing the unknown because then the fear <laughs> comes up of like, well, it's, it's an unknown. But I like to believe that Taro puts a smack bang in the magic of the unknown contains endless possibility and potential. And if you can swim around in there for a while, you're going to come across something really valuable and really useful in the courage that you had to sit down and kind of connect with that not knowing. I adore that. Everyone, <laughs> I hope you're taking notes because this is ridiculous. <laughs> courage possibility swimming around into it yeah I mean I just think you know like when we look back at the history of tarot and the fact we don't know where it came from and we know that there's all sorts 
of there's alchemy there is numerology there is astrology you know there is all sorts of mysticism and practices weaved into this deck it ultimately had a real resurgence in the mid 19th century and we had like a class divide then as well which I find really interesting with Tara that we had people that approached it you know right away we've got this deck you know they're occultists they're kind of like into into spooky things but it was all very academic it was all divination was about digging around in the psyche and what it is that we could like Carl Jung worked extensively with Taro. It really was. Yeah. A very kind of highbrow. But on the other end of that, you had Taro for entertainment and for fortune telling. And we have the, the, that's where the older kind of ideas of Taro come from. And this idea that someone's going to tell you whether or not you're going to get married next year or, but I think that there, like I said, there's got to be room for everyone's practice and everyone's approach. But I think part of the reason why historically now we either see it as belonging to these like inherently kind of spooky slightly creepy old white dudes right away Alistair Crowley you know Um, and whatever it is that they were up to then as well as people who it was lowbrow and culturally you know just for fun and kind of had a like a lower class vibe to it you're kind of like I still feel like over time people have been very clever when it comes to kind of taking away the potential from taro to really like connect inspire and empower people it's like for me i'm like wait a minute we've got this incredible tool for self-awareness it puts people directly in contact with their authenticity and their power it's kind of like you unplug people from the matrix yes like taro unplugs people from the matrix like that's that's my mission is to connect people with this tool unplug them and and then get them working with it so they can do the same for their friends and they're like we all know how easy it is to get plugged back in right we do it we go plug ourselves back in because it's it's terrifying so I think that when we look at the history I think Taro has picked up a lot of bad vibes a lot of bad perceptions culturally depending on your background you might have different preconceptions or ideas or understandings but I think that the more we come to see it as a valid tool a valid practice for radical self-awareness and self-acceptance the more potency and kind of power there there is in that totally so what do you think is possible for someone Mm. when they are disconnected from the matrix anything absolutely anything and this is I don't do this whole love and light sparkly avoidance spiritual avoidance bullshit I don't like privilege is real anxiety and depression are real you know like obstacles and barriers do come up and they are things that we're going to have to unpack tackle face and deal with it's not like I believe that once we unplug from the matrix or it's not look at the matrix you get unplugged from the matrix and then life gets harder (laughs) because when you're unplugged from the matrix you've got work to do which is taking down the matrix (laughs) you know it's not like I I don't want to unplug myself into a magic spangly bubble of oh it's cool I'll just be here with my blindfold on pretending like everything now is just great and I can do anything and achieve anything and anything is possible it's like I I'm gonna unplug myself so I can connect with the other people out here that we can recognize that it's bigger and more important than just me and where I'm at and that there's fucking work to do You know, it's like, and it's like with entrepreneurs and small businesses and people building their own brands, like I live for that because this is how we dismantle capitalism. Yeah. Like it is, it is redistribution of wealth. Somebody aligning with their authenticity to realize their power, knowing that they are capable enough to have their own business so they can go out there and get a chunk of that change so they can then spend that directly in their own communities and in their friends businesses like that's how we take this thing down like that's how we do it anyone that tells you like oh you're an entrepreneur you've got your own business you pay tax you do this aren't you just clamoring to become a part of the system no no I'm clamoring to become a part of actively dismantling it because but I'm gonna have to go for the money and the success and the go get it in order to do that money is not inherently evil you know this it's not the money that's the problem it's the hands that the money is in so I got to go get it I've got to go get it and I think Taro is going to help you with that (laughs) I'm going to stop saying I love it because (laughs) how repetitive is this episode going to be it's so fascinating (laughs) that you say that because I feel like a lot of the people that I come across in my coaching it's they're having this tug this nudge at them that they've had for months years Mm. Mm. to do something different they followed the script that 
society had given them. They had gone to university. Maybe they had got married and had children. Yeah. And yet still they can't let go of this tug mm. to turn around and to do something that's really bold and different. I had a conversation about this on my Instagram about like your family and your friends belittling, like being supportive, but kind of being like, oh, look at your little hobby business there. There's mm. so much courage that comes with deciding to not work a full-time job and deciding yeah. to go in on this thing that you birthed from inside you, that you had the courage to take forward. And so when you say that like this radical self-care, sometimes it's painful sometimes it's not always nice like achieving anything is a gorgeous thing to think about but also challenging I mm. almost feel like that's the secret to the universe I've been there I spent the last two years in corporate marketing I mean I've had a pretty pretty varied career but I had a stable job I was earning more money than I ever earned in my life I had health insurance you know like I really had this stability and I didn't hate my job I actually really enjoyed my job. I maybe didn't like who I was very much when I went in there every day to be boss bitch, but it's very, it was very difficult though, because I knew that I was supposed to be doing this. I couldn't explain it, but I could feel it. The feeling that I got whenever I read Taro for someone and the feeling that I got when I started thinking about monetizing that and then how I could grow it and then I could read Taro for more people and I could teach people to do it for themselves and kind of like the mission emerged I was like oh my god and I tried to ignore it for a really long time because it was very inconvenient (laughs) to answer that call I thought I was losing my mind but then I also started to feel like I had two daggers inserted at the base of my spine and I you know I really was wrestling with my attachment to this idea of security and stability. And and then COVID happened. COVID hit and I got sent home and I'm sat working in my house and who knows what's going to happen moving forward. And I thought, do you know what? People need this now more than they ever have. We are all facing more uncertainty and instability. And I really want to be helpful don't feel like what I'm doing in preserving the wealth of already quite rich white dudes is really a being of maximum kind of help right now. So what can I do? And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to read Taro full time. <laughs> but it did take like what feels like a panic attack and me like crying in the bathroom in the morning. And like, I went through it. So when people talk about this courage and they're like, you know, like it is so courageous to do it and to make the leap. I know it is. And I praise anyone who has done it because it almost doesn't feel like a leap. It feels like being kicked down a flight of stairs, you know, and you are going to hit your head on every step on the fucking way down. It is like, you're like, and what, you're like, why is this happening? And when is it going to end? Um, but then at some point you look back and you're like, okay, I get it. You know, whenever I've had like a life shit cut, like the wheels have come off, I've ground to a halt, I'm in burnout, nothing makes sense anymore, I'm really depressed, I'm having a terrible time, it's because I'm resisting. I know what it is I'm supposed to be doing, but I I just don't want to do it because I've got a plan, I've got an idea about what my life's going to look like, and the more I dig my heels in, the more the universe, God, my higher power, whatever you want to call it, is there like dragging me yeah. <laughs> kicking. and then quite often it will successfully drag me to where it wants me to go and then I'll just run back again <laughs> like <laughs> so it's trust it's trust we can call it faith you know it's faith I've got to have some faith that what I'm feeling it's it's this whole thing of is it a spiritual awakening or is it a psychotic break <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like awakening we always think that it's going to be angels and butterflies it is not it doesn't ugly no. it's a cr- ugly crying face really it, it's a mess but what you can make from that mess once you start to reassemble those pieces you know is is pretty amazing I can't imagine anything more depressing than being someone that is aware that you've got some sort of skill or some sort of talent or ability, not being sure where to direct that. And so just giving up Yeah. and getting to the end of your life and looking back and being like, I really wish I'd explored that. I'd at least given myself the opportunity to explore that and what that could have looked like and what I could have done and what I could have created and built with that if I had not been so afraid. How do you use your intuition? or tarot, if that's a better way to say it, to guide what you're going to do next. I am a massive fan of shower thinking. (laughs) Because 
when I get up in the morning and before I've really had a chance to get into my inner critic debate, before the debating society have seated themselves at the table and started up in the morning, when I'm in the shower is usually when I'm still sort of vibing and it'll be like, oh, you should do this. Maybe put it on a t-shirt. That would be cool. And I have to go, ding, thank you. That was intuitive thinking. That was like, because I go, oh yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> you know, like it's the, yeah. it's the response I have to it. And then my, what I might do is sit down with my cards and have a little shuffle, turn that idea over in my mind and then ask something like, am I heading in the right direction? And yeah. see what, see what, usually I'm going for reassurance guidance it's really it's a really good way to kind of affirm something that pings subconsciously and then may help it to take shape in your conscious thinking but I mean I think to be honest I lean more into tarot for maintenance in terms of where I'm at in my life in all the other different areas to make sure that I'm not out of whack in a way that is then going to impact in my business and the way I'm trying to run my business because I mean Carl Jung said this someone who I've just mentioned work with tarot if we fail to make the subconscious conscious, it will direct our lives and we will call it fate. So if I'm actually chewing over subconsciously something that's like over here out of my vision as I'm hammering away in my day working on my business, what I'm chewing over in and I'm not aware of is actually directing my thinking and my actions and what I'm doing and I'm not even aware of it. So for me, one of the most potent questions that you can ask Taro is show me what it is I need to know about myself. You're the you're driving your own destiny. It's just that Taro might be able to, to f- give you some flags or some pointers as to things that are happening in you internally that you don't really want to be in contact with. And I think that's always going to help you in your business because you want to be making sound and sane decisions. And sometimes we'll be like, I'm sound and sane right now in my head, which is in fact a hamster wheel that's been rattling around 100 miles per hour for days now. But the other parts of me are not sound and sane at all <laughs> no like, yeah, like out of balance totally my coach used to always say like but you have to check in with the person who's doing the doing he was like because he's really into strategy and he's like mm. the best strategy in the world won't work if the person doing the strategy isn't all their whole complete yes and I never really knew what that meant I was yeah. like what are you talking about just give me the thing like just tell me what to do tell me what to say where to do it and how to say it None of that matters Yeah. if the way you see yourself, the way you move your world, move through the world is being directed from like that place of lack, that place of scarcity, that feeling of like that not enoughness that yeah. so many of us have. Yeah. Yeah. That will always like cloud your vision. It, like that's when people tone stuff down all the time. Yeah. There's so much dull, flat playbook creative strategy and messaging going on right now. It is, it is like, it's, it, I mean, I get that it's harder and harder to stand out these days and you shouldn't be trying to, you know, do something really out of your wheelhouse if it doesn't feel right to you, but you can tell when people put stuff together and then they put it out there and it doesn't quite land with the oomph that it needed is that they lost their bottle at some point in the process and they started to doubt and they started to go yeah but maybe more people will like it and more people will buy it or more people will book it if I just sort of like because I get it all the time I'm cult mother right (laughs) I'm a punk witch my 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 gram looks like Halloween on cocaine it is like you know I'm in it I'm in the taro sphere I I'm really like niche because everybody's much more spangly and amethyst clutching and it's very kind of yoga pants and I but I want I, I wanted to carve out a space for taro that didn't look like that that was because I felt that I'd been shut out of spiritual places and out of healing and out of these practices because I felt like I didn't align with them in my image and in my identity and in my interests so I bought my image and my identity and my interests into my brand and what I do I do for me and other people who identify with me and with that vibe but people it's so easy like people even my mum love her and she's probably right it's like now you're doing this kind of as a full-time business and like maybe cult mother is a bit off-putting maybe if you like toned it down and it was like a little bit more inclusive and it wasn't quite so metal (laughs) you know more you you'd attract like a a wider audience or more, more people or like and I'm like you know and I think about it but 
I don't really know how to do it differently. And I feel like if I, I thought about it, I was like, maybe I'll wind the font back. You know, maybe my font doesn't need to be like creepy, drippy Halloween, orange on black. Maybe we could keep it all a little bit more linear, like polish it up a bit. Like, and I'm like, no, no. Because when we go back to how does it feel, it's about the authenticity and you've got to really push past that little doubt point and carry it right through. I mentioned to you earlier, my marketing style is raise an eyebrow, raise a smile. People will connect with it. They aren't going to forget it. If in that last moment before you hit post or go or you launch, you kind of go, oh, maybe I'll just get a few more people or maybe I'll just and you start rounding the edges off. I think that's when you start to lose it. I love that so much. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show because you have just, you've heard me say it all through this episode, just Mm. dropped so many bombs of wisdom. I feel so nourished by speaking to you and connecting with you over this episode. May, I'm a big emo, don't, I'll cry. (laughs) (laughs) So before we wrap up today, I have one more question. I Mm -hmm. really like this question and I feel like you will too. Mm -hmm. I've never asked anyone this before. Okay. Let's imagine that today is your last day on earth. Oh. And <laughs> No, I love it. I'm yeah, I love it. You took me to a took me to an amazing place straight off the bat. <laughs> and the only thing you can leave behind is your three greatest life lessons. That's all you can leave. Oh, this question. It will be written in history up there with all of the greats. What would mm. those three lessons be? Wow. Okay. One, one has to do with aging and how we age. And and I look back at pictures of me when I was in my early twenties and I remember how insecure that person felt. I remember how unattractive that person felt. I remember being in that mindset and I look pick, I look back at pictures of her now and she is the stunner. Like, oh my God, she had it all to play for. And if she could have just gotten out of her own way and out of her own, you know, lack of confidence and and actually had some self-worth and some self-esteem, I marvel at what I could have been doing with the last decade of my life. So as cliched as it is, my first thing would be you savor every moment that you have. Because I've also gotten to an age now where I there are people that I loved who did not make it. And when that starts to occur in your life, you start to really value the opportunity that you've got in every day. So I don't want to waste another minute not really being fully present, thinking about, you know, did I do this or did I do that? Or how do I look? How am I being perceived? What do people think of me? So like savor every fucking minute, (laughs) as cliched as it is. Something someone said to me once, this is number two, right? Yeah. For every minute that you spend worrying about the size of your thighs, I want you to dedicate a minute to dismantling the patriarchy. (laughs) Yeah. Number one, stay present, get out of your own way. Because when you look back, you'll realize you had everything that you needed Two, burn it to the ground. And I think for me, I can't talk about, I can't like leave behind any life lessons without talking about how significant it was for me to get sober. I didn't know how to process emotions. I didn't know how to live. I felt like a nerve ending flapping in the wind. And so I drank and I used an awful lot of drugs. When you are drinking and using drugs, if you are self-medicating for the problems that you have got and you are incapable of being honest about it, you will never really be in your full potential. You will never really be in your full power. So for anybody who is starting to think maybe this is an issue, maybe this is a problem, I seem to be really, really productive and really, really capable. But then I have a bottle of wine and I wake up in the morning feeling like crap. And that seems to be happening more and more. The hallmark of that is not I do it every day or I live under a bridge. It's that I don't like who I am and how I feel when I'm not drunk or high. And it's, a, it's such a common thing in our culture to just not really want to look at it or acknowledge it. Everybody goes and blows their brains out on a Friday night, right? That's how we alleviate and deal with stress. It's not an effective way of alleviating and dealing with stress if you want to step into your power, if you want to be... You can't be in contact with your intuition when you're fucking hungover. That's it. Yeah. That, that is the, that's the takeaway, right? So be present. You've got what you need. Dismantle the patriarchy, please. Every minute you spend hating yourself, direct it right back at them and put the booze and the drugs down if they're starting to impact your ability to love yourself. Because it's the most important. It's all that we have. 
this has been so glorious. Thank you so much for sharing those and everything that you shared with us on the podcast. How can listeners get in touch with you? How can they work with you? How can they know you more? Um, Obviously, I'm on Instagram. So it's just at Cult Mother Taro. Um, Join the cult. Come and party. It's a community. I like to do lives and do one-card pulls. And there's all sorts of things going on on there. My website is cultmothertaro.com. I do classes. I do, obviously, Taro readings. You can get vouchers. I think it's such a rad gift for other people. And also, if you use the code nrfd no room for doubt you get five euros off of any reading with me so if you book before the end of november i'll give you five euros off with the code nrfd i had no idea what those initials stood for (laughs) i love it obviously (laughs) you're like that's a really interesting code i'm like why did you get that from (laughs) what is your challenge Bring that question into mind. Oh, please. I love this card. This is the Nine of Pentacles. And what do we see when we look at this card? We see someone really in their power. Look at this. You know, like we are really in it. We are celebrating it. We are connected, grounded, grateful. This is like, I have invested my time, energy and effort and it has paid off for me. I am standing in the garden, feeling the sun on my face, in this beautiful robe, basking in the glory of everything I have achieved. I love this absolute boss bitch vibe of the Nine of Pentacles. (gasps) However, it's our challenge. It's our challenge card. But when we look here, we've got this amazing posture. You know, she's very sort of dignified, but very strong. And we notice that they're holding a bird of prey. It's almost like this is this is a predator, <laughs> you know? So what we've got here is this idea of, you know, this bird of prey, imagine the way they float and then they see something and then they absolutely fucking go for it. <laughs> It's that focus that is synonymous with the work that was required to put us in this position. Um, But it's also an energy, a vibe to me that says, if you want to come at me at this point, you better be bringing something pretty great to the table because I am defending and protecting my energy. 